To be able to make somebody laugh at will, at your command, those are some powerful things. You don't have to touch them. You could be across a room and you could make somebody emote. Hello and welcome once again to the No Name NYC podcast. As always, I am Eric Vetter. Usually I'm Eric Vetter. Uh, today I'm Eric Vetter, so we're in luck. The voice you heard up front... Dave Lester, wonderful comedian, and he's really been a force in New York comedy for many years now, and I just always enjoy his work, and it was honestly an honor uh, chatting with him a bit. It's funny, <laughs> with Dave Lester, he's one of these old friends that you know you, you catch up with, and, and a number of stories came to mind, uh, stuff we didn't necessarily bring up in the conversation. There's a couple of things I want to share with Dave Lester, and I feel bad because this is the thing with memories, you know, you have the way you remember them and other people have the way they remember them. And I found out that I've been telling a story slightly wrong for years. Uh, and I'm going to tell you to you the way I remember it. I think it's one of the most brilliant responses to irresponsible heckling that I've heard. And it stands as an example of holding your ground. Dave was one time on stage talking about a period of time in his life where he was homeless. And in the audience at that particular show, a hipster, one of these trust fund kids, these kids that wants to act like they've had shit happen in their lives when shit has never touched them in their lives. And he starts heckling Dave about the level of homelessness. There was some sort of comment made, like, I was way more homeless than you. Like, this is a bragging rights thing. And Dave, without batting an eyelash, he said, Sir, the only thing you and I have in common is we both hate your father. Locked him down, shut him up, and uh, he went on with his show doing his great work. Uh, in a conversation with Dave recently, he corrected me. He said his phrasing was something different, and I don't offhand remember. I think it was something to the effect of, Sir, the only thing we share in common is a disdain for your father or something like that. But either way, he put the motherfucker away, and that that's the end of that. The other thing I wanted to bring to light is the kind of person that Dave is. Back in the day, I used to have an annual no-name softball game that was really just a pickup game. We'd meet up at the park and take a, a field and choose up sides. Dave used to attend that. And uh, after doing that for a few years, Dave actually started his own thing, which is kind of amazing. It's now this classic annual event uh, softball game slash barbecue for comics and their friends and families. It's always stuck with me the kind of person he is because the first couple of years he did this, and it's been more than a decade that he's been doing this now, before any of the festivities began, he called everybody, and we're talking a large number of people, and he said, comics, you know, we see each other all the time, we're passing each other, coming and going, and not really interacting with one another, just, you know, kind of nodding at each other as we, we go about our business. And he said, I wanted to set aside a day where we could just all be together and be with each other in the sunshine, in the daylight. It was very moving and he was very eloquent the way he spoke about it. And I think that in turn speaks a lot about the person and his generous giving spirit. 
for those in in the New York comedy community, it is always a must attend. And this year we're fielding a no-name team in this event, and I'm striving very hard not to be the bad news bears. I'll keep you posted on that. And also, you want to check out Dave's solo special. Dave Lester's solo special can be found on Amazon. It's called Dave Lester and How Did That Make You Feel? It's a really fine piece of work, very funny, and I highly recommend it. Well, we're going to get to the great conversation we had with Dave in just a minute. But first, a word from our sponsor. You know the drill. Say it with me. Get away to Green Bay. Get away to Green Bay. Yes, that's right, the historic Astor House Bed and Breakfast, beautiful Green Bay, Wisconsin, where your innkeepers, Tom and Linda Stieber, will greet you and make you feel at home in any of their five luxury accommodations, all of which have their own bath, and some of which even have a jacuzzi. Now, bed and breakfast, this is the bed and breakfast. You ever go to a bed and breakfast and think, I'd rather not have the breakfast? Or maybe you wake up and there was almost no breakfast and it's all gone by the time you got there. Or you do get there and there's like a couple of strips of bacon, maybe one or two turkey sausages, a box of half-eaten cereal, and some questionable fruit. That will never happen to you at the historic Astor House Bed and Breakfast, where nothing is more majestic than the fresh, homemade, yummy, scrumptious... Their breakfasts are amazing and are worth the trip alone. And after breakfast, if you want to know what's going on in Green Bay, what's fun to do, what restaurants do you need to check out, well, ask Tom and Linda. They know everything. They're totally connected there, and they will see to it that you have a blast every second you are up there. So, what do you want to do? You want to make some reservations? You got some questions? Check them out online. Go to www.astorhouse.com. That is Astorhouse, A-S-T-O-R-H-O-U-S-E.com. Escape to Green Bay today. chat about um uh it it, the crux is the experience of being an artist in new york city (laughs) are we still here i thought we left sensibly (laughs) well we're trying to get the ones that haven't left before they they take off (laughs) every time i just i was listening to my uh my road mix on the way up here on my spotify i have a road mix and oh, what, 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 what was in your head? I was going to say, uh, so the Blues Brothers, Everybody Needs mm. Somebody, I Thought About Us. Um, what else is on there? Um, all the stuff from the Blues Brothers, um, a lot of Credence, Clearwater. Oh, interesting. Um, okay. And so I always think of uh, I always think of you uh, when, I, um, when I enjoy this music. So there you are. Oh, it's funny. I, I was on the boardwalk at Coney Island yep. yesterday. yep. Did uh, the karaoke thing there, and I, um, I, 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 it was one of those I just let loose and did things to my voice that felt like doing. I, I shouldn't do. I, I, oh, okay. I got the response I wanted, so that was a good thing. But, um, but this morning I was like, oh, I'll see Dave later on. Maybe, maybe we do a little impromptu Sam and Dave on there, and I could barely croak out. 
Good morning, Adam. You got you got yourself in trouble this weekend. Well, let, let's put it this way: if I if we were to to perform uh, Soul Man today, uh, we would have to do the Blues Brothers version. Can't quite get up for Sam and right. Dave today, right? Because yeah, because Sam puts it up there. He gets it up there. Yeah. I, Dave's part, my part. I rest. You know, I don't have a problem. <laughs> I can do that all day. But you, you got to work. But let me tell you something though. On a serious tip, yesterday um, when they were getting ready to wrap up, the guy called me up for another one that I had not signed up for, um, and it was in Sam and Dave uh, when something <laughs> was wrong with my baby. Oh, I mean, and that's what I hurt my throat on. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. You know, because I, I mean, just because I was, just, I don't know, it was just a weird. I was in a weird place. Just, I was very emotional yesterday, just feeling a lot of things, mm. and this guy. I do all the leads on there, but he does the harmonies with me on the right. refrain, and our voices just... It worked. Oh. Uh, did they work, or did they not work? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. No, no. It's one of those... And actually, you know, the song fades out during the refrain, and we just kept singing the Mellow, yeah, uh, one more it. time around a cappella. Nice. And I was like, this was, this was an amazing moment is... I just, I was loving every so second of it. And I'm like, okay. and tomorrow I will not be able to talk. <laughs> well, it was worth it. I'd yeah. Say, you know, say that's the thing, you know, Sam Moore, man, you, you do Sam Moore, you know, you got to oil up the voice a bit. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Right. So anyway, so, so, uh. So salute first and foremost. Uh, well, Raise your beer. I, well, yeah. yes. Oh, indeed. Salute. salute. And uh, thanks for having me. And Gary. to the great, to the great. Thank you for having Good me. blessing. Of having amazing friends to sit down with. Absolutely. And longevity. <sighs> yep. It, 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 so it, hi, ugly. So fuck you, go to hell. <laughs> but I mean that in a nice way. I'm working on cursing less. He's never been a curser. Now, <laughs> oh, I, the guy I, goes blind. He, now he's, he's Captain Potty Mouth. Well, he, we can I, never I, be in the same place at the same time. <laughs> you know? I'm trying Here, to, I got yeah. a story to tell you. Um, it, it's funny because I never thought of myself as... I, I thought of myself as someone who curses an awful lot, actually. But maybe not when I'm doing shows. I never thought of it one yeah, way or you're, another. You're very, very affable when you're on stage. You you hardly ever curse. If I don't think I've ever heard you curse on purpose. Well, this, is, this is what I wanted to bring up. In the when 10, did, 12, did, 15 years we've worked <laughs> together. <you know. laughs> but... But I know when we've gotten off stage and we're talking, oh, I you, know. When you, oh, you get into emerging, that bar downtown, something about that <laughs> oh, old Patriot, raggedy, I, sweaty bar, you show your ass that, down there. Then I'm all taken aback, like, who is this? I don't like him. So, so, so <laughs> <laughs> I know you're kidding. You never liked me. But yeah. here's the thing. Um, when we did our anniversary show in February at Recirculation, mm-hmm. um, I... I don't know what I said up front that caught his attention, but uh, our first guest that evening was Menu and Heart, and he gets up on stage, and he did like a five-minute riff on, I've never heard Eric Fetter curse so much. Yeah, yeah. He <laughs> and was I just not started wrong. laughing because I really didn't think about it he that way. He was not wrong. He was <laughs> not wrong, Clark Kent, and then you just went So, so maybe it is the blind guy that, you know, I just don't give Listen. a fuck anymore. It's like, yeah. Hey, man, um, I tell people all the time, are we, are we recording? Yeah. Oh great! <laughs> oh great! I'm so glad! I'm so glad to share this. Uh, <laughs> people talk. You know, I think that um, clean comedians are are like anything else. There's a spectrum for everything in the world, and clean comedians are for those people who can't take, who can't get around what other people say. That's fine. So they have a place in the world. I don't like how they look down on other comedians. 
because mm. that's just not how life occurs. How you take your life is one thing. In other words, how you consume it, how you look at it. But living it is a whole goddamn... It's, there's, there's the wedding we plan for and there's the wedding we have. <laughs> and please believe, everybody like plans to not curse at their wedding. But <laughs> goddamn it, if you've ever fucking had a wedding, you know goddamn well there's some shit that goes down throughout the course of having a wedding that you know... This motherfucker here, like it, it's just what it is. There's definitely no clean divorces, but no, anyway, if they are, that one person ain't gonna make it. One person's not there. <laughs> Somebody's missing. I'm not gonna speak ill of the dead, and you uh, shouldn't, especially since well. But you know. you know, it's funny though. Um, uh, one of our recent guests was Leanne Lord, and My we girl. we had this. It, you know, you you have to cut stuff for the for the final episode, right, right, but right. it was something that was cut that I. I I got a kick out of her. Sorry, I didn't make it. We were talking about, could you know, people who are familiar with her work, if they they're familiar with her work but don't know her whole career, right. not everyone knows that she was on Deaf Comedy. Right, Jam. she's has spanned. Huh? She's one of the most accomplished comedians on mm-hmm. the planet. Yeah, and ab- she's so absolutely. underrated. She's like, she hustles to this yeah. day to get work. Yeah. And I'm like, when people are like, who did, who they like, who they like, I'm like, Leanne Lord is the wizard. She is the <laughs> yeah. grandmaster of stand up comedy. Not she black is. women, not women, comedy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She was out there with the heavy hitters before they were heavy hitters, yeah. heavy hitting with them. Yeah. And I'll stay, and I'll stay, I'll, I'll lay on them, I'll, 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 I'll lay that, I'll take that with me to the grave. Like, I'll say that in front of anybody. And I'm a bad motherfucker. <laughs> yes, you are. That's the OG, though. That's Grandmaster OG. You kiss the ring, you bend the knee when you're in the room with her. Mm-hmm. These young comics, don't even, <laughs> yeah. they don't even know that they don't know. Well, I always uh, mark a change in, in our shows uh, that I, I date back to when I first felt we were doing good enough work that I could invite her to do the show, and she said yes. That I felt like that gave she's us. She's a gym rat, though. There's both. There's a little bit of both. You had a good show, but also she's a gym rat. She's gonna show up. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know that sneakers. at that time. <laughs> yeah, you know. How did you approach it the first time you approached Leanne? Well, Lord? I mean, I knew her from like when she first started doing comedy. Okay. So I mean, I, I it wasn't like I was just going up to this person that I don't know. Right. But it was also like, she was the first person that I knew in the business who was making her entire living off of it. And she was at that point at that time. So it was like, you yeah. know, you remember when you first started doing our show, the midnight show at that little beat, beat up black box theater. Ooh. You did that a couple of times, I did that right? once or twice a year before you guys shifted. Yep. Yeah. And that was where we were when I first asked her. So it was like, we're doing this midnight show for three homeless people who came in from the cold. Ooh. And you know, and, and Leanne Lord doing our show, and it's it, no pay involved on a Saturday night, right? You know, so it was like when she said, "Yeah," it gave me the courage to ask other people who were good, right? You know, but it right. also said something to me about it. It matters who you invite to do your show it because really that, you know, people will do more if they know they're coming to a place where they're going to be surrounded by good people, right? You right. know, exactly. and that, that anyway, but what I wanted to say is so we were talking about the fact that she was on Deaf Comedy Jam <laughs> and you would not normally associate her with That's the style. brand, right. you know. Right. And uh, <laughs> a couple of years ago, she had a, 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 a our special release via on Dry Bar. I saw Dry Bar, it. I loved it, and loved we it. were talking about you know, um, you know, when when 
booking stuff or whatever and they want to know what you do and say well now you've got a shorthand say all right what do you want def jam or dry bar yeah well, <laughs> you know that's nobody can not not, not 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 that's nobody i know who can say that that's <laughs> this what i'm saying that's working right now maybe you know maybe uh alonzo bowden mm, yeah else. yeah that's true nobody that's else true but you could do that if you I know could. i mean i'm working on I'm working on my, I mean, none of my content is filthy. Mm-hmm. I'm just very passionate about the stuff. I, and I talk a lot about anecdotal things. So these things tend, to, they're not far off things that happened 20 years ago. They're things that happened within a rel- you know, relatively short amount of time ago. So I still feel a way about it. Wait, so if you- I'm talking about, you know, my, my relationships, or I'm talking about, you know, my, my children, I'm still recovering. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> You're a recovering father? Yeah, I'm a recovering father. I'm a recovering <laughs> husband. You know, and I hope not to relapse. And uh, you know, here we are. You know, one day at a time, dude. One that's day at it, a time. That's it. Still, <laughs> I say it. We uh, sit here drinking our Corona. Still alcoholic. Uh, <laughs> well, look, you know what? I, I, actually, I want to ask you something about your work because you know you're talking about your your where you're focusing nowadays, whatever. And I I always I have a perception of you, and I, I'd like you to tell me if I'm I'm wrong because I'd I, love to hear it because I met you. <laughs> I first met you doing, <laughs> doing doing these little shows. It sounded like you were saying doing on, cocaine. That's what it sounded everybody thought. Yeah, right, it sounded like that's I'm what you doing set cocaine, up for. didn't I? No. So, yeah, yeah, you know, we were both at the same shooting gallery. and uh, yeah, No, we, no. And I, I leaned and, over on you. You leaned over and we held each other uh, like a triangle. It was yeah, great. yeah. It was an awkward no. morning. Um, but no, you had the thing, right? <laughs> So nice. I, I met you uh, doing this show at a hostel, at Jazz on the Park. Yep. And I didn't know you, Randy and I really Epley. liked your work, and I didn't feel that way about a lot of people I saw that night. That's a tough spot. But, well, you know, there, there, I had some adventures there, too. That Stories I tell off mic, but... Good. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> they should More stay beer. off mic. More beer. But here's beer. the thing. You know, and I, you know, we became friends. I started, you know, you did our show, I did your show, and and... I always liked your work, but it in those there was a point, you know, a few years after that first meeting, where I saw a, a conscious what looked to me like a conscious change in your approach on stage. Because you were still, you weren't hyper, but you were still fairly animated when I first saw you. At least the first couple of times I saw you. And nowadays, you're more inclined to pull up a stool and just sit down and talk for a lot and, of reasons. <laughs> Well, I, that's kind of what I wanted to know because it, it felt to me. See, I I I, I know, like, like the rest of us, you're you're aging. You have to ice I'm down on, the knees uh, yeah, or I'm whatever. On, I'm on glasses right now and also sweatpants. <laughs> yeah. uh, and I, I, this is right? the first interview I've ever done where where both myself and the guest are are wearing sweatpants. Yeah, I just we both came from like the we gym. went to the gym. Uh, I didn't go to the gym. <laughs> I uh, I did laundry and then I came here. <laughs> <laughs> sweatpants, the official yeah, <laughs> the is, official yeah. clothing of laundry. When you see a man at 5 p.m. on a Monday afternoon in sweatpants on a train, he's either uh, he's either at work already <laughs> <laughs> or he doesn't have a conventional, <laughs> a conventional So anyway, but 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 I did notice a difference. It is kind of subtle at times, but I did feel like I noticed a stylistic difference as well. And I was wondering if if the physical change was initially, at least, um, a byproduct of, of, of a shift in, in approach on stage. 
Well, well, Eric, first of all, that's very astute, uh, as always. I think that's why people trust you to do your show, because you have an Yeah, eye. but they won't lend me money. Yeah, well, that's different. Um, that's, <laughs> I'm sorry, go ahead. That's, that's X's and O's. I don't get into that. But what I will say is, you do. You People trust you. Uh, you care about this thing. You you know what you know. You know what good comedy is. You know well. You know what comedy is. You know comedy, and so you know this. You're familiar with the spectrum and who you want and where you want to place people. I think placement for a person that does that produces shows, curation, if you will, is paramount. Right. That's why people come back to No Name for the last twenty odd years. Right. That's why comics will continue to come do the show uh, for nothing. And 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 have a great time because they get they get they get they get the equity of it. They get the equity of it on 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 a general level, and they also get equity from it. Speaking for myself, I'm speaking for the body language I'm getting from other comics, the same comics, the same thirty or so comics, the same forty or so comics. However, it is that come do your show regularly. To that point, you're right. Um, there was a shift. I don't know exactly when we met. I, I'm assuming we met sometime before. I did a show called Who's Got Jokes about mm, 12 years that. ago, about 12 years ago. Mm-hmm. We met before that. And after that, I, I had a terrible time, on, just to catch everybody up, I had a terrible time on a, on, a, on a televised TV show. It was more of a comedy game show. In any event, I, I did not perform well. And I really, I got into my bag really bad on stage. And it, mm. was, it was terrible. Probably the worst, it wasn't the worst one night of my life, but because it's televised. Right. It became the worst night of my life later it's, on. It's the worst night people know about. Yeah, it's the worst night that they keep record they keep, you know, they keep bringing back. But obviously, uh if we don't kill you, make you stronger. Uh, right. And here I am. So that day on that show, I had a plan. And the plan well, first of all, comedy grows you up. Comedy raised me. I didn't have a dad. My parents died when I was very young. I'm talking Bruce Wayne numbers. And mm-hmm. I managed to piece together some sort of plan into adulthood. And I stumbled around, I stumbled into comedy very early on. I've been doing comedy. If, if I started, if I tell you when I started comedy, I started comedy in 1996. Mm. I started comedy in 1996. That gives me almost 30 years. Yeah, man. You've been in the game. <laughs> but, and it's easy to say that and people will give you flowers, but <laughs> I don't deserve you get flowers? 30 years. Well, they, they try. You know, I don't deserve 30-year flowers because I didn't, I started, I tried, but then <laughs> life was, you know, doing what I mean, it was and doing you, and I just you, was- You came up in Brooklyn, right? I can't, I grew up in Brooklyn. I grew up in Brooklyn. I'm a, I'm a Brooklyn like real cat. Brooklyn. Yeah, yeah, I, I grew up in, in, in old Brooklyn. Yeah. 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 Put them up, see? Punch you in a bread basket. That kind of thing. And then- uh and they sorry, didn't take sorry. kindly. You're, to... you're, you're the first person in, in like 50 years I've heard use the word bread basket. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> we gotta go back to hitting people in the breadbasket. <laughs> I think that changes things. Uh, I think I think hitting somebody in the face is very arrogant. Anyway, uh, <laughs> when I when I started when I started comedy, I didn't have a clue. I didn't have there was no there were no mentors. There was nothing. Was, was that just, something you always wanted to do, or was it just something like, hey, I could do this? My whole life, people have been telling me I'm funny. Mm-hmm. But my whole life, I, I never, I wasn't, well, my, up to the point I tried comedy, I never was trying to be funny. I was always just trying to be. Yeah. I was trying to fit in. I was trying to be happy. I was trying to be a kid. I was trying to be a cool kid. I was trying to be liked. I was trying to be that. Never tried to be funny. Um, but then when I saw it, its effect on people, I, I wanted some of that. I don't do girls mm-hmm. like when you do that, guys. 
think you're cool when you make them laugh. And you right, get out right, of right. it. It got me out of a few, you know what I'm saying, jams. Mm-hmm. We got robbed in front of Pavonia Newport Center when it first opened back in early 90s. And I started talking out of fear. Yeah, yeah. Made these guys laugh. And then they, they, they not only didn't rob us, but they walked us to the train to make sure we got home <laughs> safely. Oh, that's funny. And my friend Eric was like, my man, you need to do something with that. <laughs> you just you, saved our did. lives. <laughs> yeah. It, and that's what I've been making people laugh or scaring the shit out of them if they think you're crazy. That's pretty much the only way to get out of that circumstance unless you get a bigger gun, you know? Yeah, yeah. And I've thought about a bigger gun. I've thought about it. But I think that um, to be able to make somebody laugh uh, at, at will, at, com- at your command, Gotta be the most powerful thing up there with making people cry with your acting or your singing and, and making people laugh. Like those are some powerful things. You don't even have to touch, you don't you don't have to touch them. You could be across a room mm-hmm. and you could make somebody you know what I mean? Emote and 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 I didn't think about the power of that right away. I just thought about the result and what it what it meant for me as a as a kid that was you know needy for attention. But so, so when you started to but, actually but, try to put it out there. But when I started putting it out there, it, I was met with some support. I had friends that wanted to come see me. And they, on February 1st, 1996, I'll never forget, it was a Friday night, New York Comedy Club. your birthday, right? It's my birthday. Yeah, I tried it on my birthday. I, uh, so my birthday and my, my comedy birthday is the same day. Huh, Went nice. down there. Yeah, right. Just keep it neat. <laughs> you know? Well, well that, that's a great... That's a great double birthday if it works out for you. Yeah, if, if you're not, not doing like, it no more. Oh, yeah. It's like being born on 9-11. You're like, oh, <laughs> Right, right, for real. I can't enjoy this. <laughs> yeah. But so uh, so I went down and, you know, it went really well. And people telling me this, that, and the third. And, and, then, and I believe that you just did it for two weeks and you were famous. <laughs> <laughs> At the time. So it's, then, been, it's been more than two weeks. It's been a little bit longer than two yeah. weeks and uh, not famous. But what I am is a fully grown adult who is self-aware, who does self-work. Because comedy holds the mirror up at, to the world. Mm-hmm. At least I think so. I don't know what other people do it for. But I believe that comedy is meant to hold the mirror up to the world and say, do you see this? What can we work on? And to do that, you have to be willing to do that with yourself. Otherwise, you're just a fucking person nobody trusts holding the mirror up. That's weird on the train. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> or That's worse, true. there's no mirror in there. It's just a frame. It is a frame with you in it. And you're holding it up to other people going, what do you see? I see a madman is what I see. So you don't, you need to have some awareness. You need to have some self-awareness. Yeah. And you need to be involved in some sort of corrective action plan for yourself. If you want, you want to be the change you want to see in the world, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, after the after the show, after the bomb, uh, which I did not. So you do. did bomb the first I time. I bombed horribly on the show. No, not not on. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. I'm going back, back to, to yeah, back to who's got show. jokes a couple of years ago. You know, yeah, Twelve yeah, yeah. years ago, I did terribly because I, all the work, all the things I prepared for, I didn't do. Mm. What it is when you do a TV show, they record several episodes, like maybe right. half a dozen, the same day, using the same audience mm. throughout the course of a twelve-hour day. Right. My show was the last show. Not making an excuse, just telling you what the numbers were. I was yeah, the last and, guy. And, and, on the and last if that's show. the same audience for for that length of time, much, that's kind of hard. Pretty much, pretty much. They're paid audiences, but they only make like one hundred fifty dollars a day. So they're like, "Fuck these guys." We, <laughs> yeah, know. yeah. But also, I wasn't prepared. I went up there and I said something. I'm good, but I would. I wasn't good at this yet. But I've gotten really good at walking on stage and assessing a situation, or 
assessing the situation in the first 45 seconds. I will say something about the situation we're all in at that moment. I have to do that because I need to let them know that I, too, am going through whatever it is we're all going through right now. Right, right, right. That endears you to me, that makes you trust me, and you know that I'm funny. Now you can now you'll take the walk with me, right? Mm-hmm. So at this time, though, I hadn't really perfected that. So yeah. I got up there and I talked about this flight in, and it was a very sensitive time in the world. And mm-hmm. I, you know, it just the jokes, it just wasn't good. And when that joke didn't go well, I tried to recover with another uh, off the top thing, and that bomb, and then that it just it was just I didn't. Then I forgot my actual material at that no, point. Oh yeah, that's... I'm on. You know, so you've all been there. You've been yeah, yeah, you've yeah. been drowning before, but the harder you try to swim, the lower you go. Yeah. So that's what pretty much happened. It was a pretty it was pretty bad. But it, I've had worse bombs than that, but um not not with as much on the line, right? Right. right. That, bomb, that's when it really hurt, yeah. you know. And it's TV. So when you bomb on TV, they record it and then they put it out and then you relive the bomb again mm. and again and again and however many times people watch it. And they watched it. <laughs> <laughs> people watched it a lot. People watched the bomb I, people watched my special that I have out right now a third, a tenth of the amount of times. By the way, I, I, I'm sorry. I'm going to interrupt you. Cause I was there at the taping of that, and that, that was a fucking great piece of work. That, that, was, that was really, really nice work, It was work, a good man. piece of work. Thank you, Eric. I think it was a good piece of work. It was an auspicious start. It was something that, I, if you knew, I, I don't, and I don't mind telling you, I was homeless at the time. Mm. Like we were in, I was in a shelter. Uh, mm. At the time, I knew you and were I going a kid, through a rough period. I, I didn't kid know it coming. was that deep. I had a kid coming. That I knew. And we were in the shelter. Um, it was uh, around the time I was coming. I was working that material out here because mm. we lived down the road. We lived down the road mm. on Fifty Fifth and Eighth, and we was coming up. We were coming up here almost weekly to work on the stuff. You were allowing us to come up to work on the stuff, and a lot of other gracious people let us come work on the stuff. And uh, that's that was the result of it. Um, so if, if to back, so thank you again for saying that. It was the first time in my life. It was the first time in my life, hand to God, that I really, really, as they say in football, stayed in the pocket mm, and mm. saw it through, saw the throw through. Every other time when things got hot, I fall back. I start scrambling. I start making excuses. I started doing other things, I, you know, I bait and switch. Whatever I can do not to be un- not to be uncomfortable, mm-hmm. I did it. Mm-hmm. Well, and, you know, it's funny. I, I've, I've known you long enough to see you do... I haven't seen you do that length of set too many times, but I have seen you do long form as well as little segments on, which I prefer. on our dog and pony yeah, show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But one thing that... One thing that was just so much fun for me as, as an audience person and as someone who'd seen you through the years is that, and I think I, I would have, I, I can say for certain, I would have felt this way if I had never seen you in my life. One thing I enjoyed was you came out, you sat down, you just did your thing. And you I were went just to like in control from the beginning. And even if I didn't know you, I sit down, I, I watch this man, and like, no, this is someone who is in, in control of their craft and just getting ready to do, you know, give us what he's got. And I that, that, that was fun. Thank that you was that. really fun. Thank you for that. I, um, I made it a point to come up with a plan mm-hmm. for how I was going to approach the show. I also, I also 
the jokes were the jokes. But I also decided I was going to perform for people at home. Even though we were in a comedy club, even though I was surrounded by people that love me and want to support me, I was performing for the motherfucker that don't care about me. <laughs> for the person in the back that doesn't know me and right. people in Idaho or this person or that person. I was performing for them. I never much, once made a mention or a reference to anybody in the audience. For as far as I'm concerned, you were all just strangers to me because that's how I had to approach it. Because mm. it has to translate to people who don't care for people to care. Right, right. But at the same time... Uh, but it's, it's got to be a payoff. I think for we you. all felt because right. <laughs> you saw me working on this stuff, right? Well, it was, but it, again, that, that was kind of what was interesting to me too. Is that I seen you when you were just like tossing it out there and oh. see what's going to stick. <laughs> but some of the stuff was the same stuff. Yeah. But I was hearing it come out of a, a different voice, a different presenter, and mm. it just felt like you just sitting down talking with us. Yeah. You know. Because and, at some point I made peace yeah. with not only the process, but what it was that I was dealing with with the content. The yeah. content was was my, luckily is my life, so there's no there's no remembering, there's no forgetting. Mm-hmm. You 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 just have to figure out an eloquent way to present your case. But you know the case, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right? Yes, I'm not going to forget names. <laughs> yeah, it, 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 not like not like you 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 know when you're sharing stories of your life and not like. Oh shit! What happened next? No, <laughs> I know what happened. Next. I was there. It's my fault. I did that. But to that point, uh, even now, even now, I'm doing. I'm looking at jokes I've written. I, I I recorded something in October, which really hasn't seen the light of day. But I recorded it and I listened to it recently. I was like, I can write this better, and that's what I'm gonna do. Mm-hmm. I go back and I go. My joke is, for example, oh, um, I was married. I got fired from that. Blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. You laughed at the part where I said that I got fired. Yeah. But that's not true. I didn't get fired from marriage. I fucking left. <laughs> okay. So I said, you know but what? But it's a better line. <laughs> it's a funny, it's a line that gets a laugh. So I said, no, let's reel them in a little more. Right, right, So right. I decided, because I'm a, I'm a different comedian, I'm a different man, that also, right. that's also not what happened. Right. I said, well, let's. how can we make it funny? Oh, Dave, do it this way. Hey, I was married, I got fired. <laughs> no, I didn't. Right, right, I, and then you can, I resigned. You, you can get your laugh and then say, "All right, no, but here's the real deal." Okay, yeah, yeah, I can be, and then I can be honest and say, "All right, I'm glad y'all enjoyed that, but really, I resigned because every job ain't for everybody. I didn't like the hours. I didn't like the people I worked with. <laughs> right. and my boss was a fucking Virgo. They think I'm going to say the B word, but then I, you know, I, I love, yeah, whatever. To that point, that's maturity. Right, right. That's that's maturing in your work. Going, I don't need the cheap laugh right away. Let me just be honest, and I, we'll get the we'll get the laughs. We'll right, get, right. But we'll yeah, it. but now also it's a certain amount of uh, comfort and and confidence in your craft because you know you, you you've got the ammunition, you yeah, know, and it's you going to show up. Yeah. We we don't have to rush it. We don't have to break right. it all out right now. As my as my adopted dad would say, he's also a Virgo like yourself. Uh, he that that sounded like an insult the way you said it. He's he was no, he's not an insult at all. He's <laughs> one of the best. My Virgo men are the best things that ever happened to me in my life. All my Virgo <laughs> male friends, I mean, and 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 they they've contributed to me deeply, and and they've kind of grounded me to make me effective as it make me the effective person people say they appreciate. And I get that from people who are grounded and who follow through and mean what they say and say what they fucking mean, such as yourself. So I appreciate that. What he said was, uh, he always had a bunch of dad jokes. He'd say, uh, hey, 
Once upon a time, there was two. There was a young bull and an old bull atop the hill. The young bull goes to the old bull. Hey, why don't we run down and get some cows or whatever? He said. <laughs> Let's just say he said cows. I, I got to tell you, you had me hanging on, on, on the edge of my seat. Wait, what word is coming next? How are you going to say it? I'm Steaks. So, <laughs> and the old cow looked at him slowly and said, "Why don't we walk down and get them all?" And I was like, "That's comedy." <laughs> Right, I'm sorry. I'm also laughing at the timing. We 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 are recording at a Word Up bookshop uptown, and I was kind of surprised that we hadn't had any loud music coming in the windows. No, we just got a stuck car horn out yeah, there and a couple of muggings. But other than that, you know, yeah, good. but you know, it wasn't us, so fuck them. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And plus, you know, they they had it. <laughs> so, so, all right, so let me let me ask you this. So, so the, the on your comedy birthday and your birthday, you did it for the first time, and and that didn't that did not go optimally. That went that went well. Oh, it went well. That okay. went well. The first time I did stand up comedy went super well, but it went new person novelty well. Right. But right. you don't know the difference at that point. You think you're incredible. Yeah. You think yeah. you're a god, but really it's just new person novelty. I did a bit about. I never forget. It, Titanic had just came out. If you remember. Mm-hmm. Well, it came out not too long ago, and uh, I had a bit about how, uh, you know, had it been me, we would have taken turns, you know, on the <laughs> on the raft or whatever, you know. If you want, if you want equality, this is what <laughs> this is what equality looks like. Like you weren't born in 1912, asshole. I didn't think of that. So you know, <laughs> you 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 learn, you know, you learn how to write, jo- and I didn't know how to write jokes for a long time. Mm-hmm. I was just up there talking until something hit. Right. And, you know, obviously we know that's not how it's done. You seem, seem, I mean, long as I've known you, you've had a nice flow. Uh, you know, that the, it seems like your your normal flow was such that you could talk for a little bit until you found something. Right. And then people will find you, engr- people find you, find you engrossing. That's how you create a longer set. You're not just like, gah, 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 for fucking 60 right. minutes. You are peaks and valleys and building tension and, you know, a crescendo. Like sex. I mean, it really <laughs> is like sex. Also like washing clothes. <laughs> I don't know if you've ever watched a wash cycle, but. You, you've either levels. just taken away my desire for sex or gotten me a lot more or, interesting in it washing yeah, clothes. Or go wash your clothes uh, <laughs> right now, you know, and use the right soap, goddammit. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. So, so, all right. So, so, where do you go from from uh, new guy novelty? Uh, from there, I go through a divorce. <laughs> oh, so you were married at the time? I was. No, wait a minute. No, I wasn't. Wait, no, didn't want to. No, I'm jumping you around. Did, I, 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 got, want, I want to point out, you gave us the year, but I did not attach an a, a, an age to that. I didn't say. I was in so how old 20s. were you at that my, point? At, in nineteen ninety seven, I was. Uh, I was 24, 23, something like that. Something okay, like well, that. You, you can't say that I busted you. You you, you gave up that information. Yeah, I don't give a shit. I started you know, when I, I was like, 12 years old. No, nah, no, nah, I started in my yeah. early 20s, and uh, it was what it was. So, um, I mean, but so you, you're then energized, and you start hitting the mic, so... Yeah, what, no, what there was no, there was no, there was shows. Mm-hmm. There was shows at the time. And there were a lot of you know I couldn't walk in. It was either do it was either do white clubs for with bringers mm-hmm. or do black black hood rooms, mm-hmm. and I did both. I did bringers and I Indeed did hood show. And then I I I realized that people were either interested in coming to see me fail or coming to see me do well. Either way, they were interested in coming to see me. And when I saw how much 
Al Martin and <laughs> and Rumpelmeyer down at New York Comedy Club were getting <laughs> for all the people that I had come see me. I'm like, why am I giving them the money? I'm mm. walking out of here with nothing. And I said, I might as well just start booking my own shows and put the comics on. I want other comics who are hardworking and want to be funny and want to be seen and develop their craft and make a few dollars doing it. Mm-hmm. And I did that. I was very unapologetic about asking for money. I think we charged like five dollars here, seven dollars there at the time, which is now cute, <laughs> right? But right. Uh, but, but you uh, know, I mean, honestly, I mean, you know, uh, through the years, I've known you as a guy who was a king of of mounting shows in, uh, especially in Brooklyn. Well, that's where there was a certain. I, I'll tell you what happened with that. I I wasn't interested in coming out to Manhattan to do shows. Mm-hmm. Because Manhattan really wasn't interested in what I felt I had to say or the kind of person or comedian I was or the kind of people that came to see me perform and their concerns. Mm -hmm. So there was a clear divide uh, at any given comedy club around the country. And it was, you know, two or three white guys and maybe another. Maybe an other, mm-hmm. maybe a woman, maybe a white woman, maybe a not, maybe a not a non, uh, maybe a non-white male, uh, Latino or otherwise. But it was three and one. It was always a three and one split. That's what it was. That's what I understood it to be, and that's what I accepted. Mm-hmm. So, well, that's what I saw, and that's what I adapted to. Well, you know, one thing I I, I remember when, when I was chatting with Leanne, one thing we talked about, and I think that didn't make the final cut, but we, mm. I remember when she first. You know, when she hit that point where she she was really starting to nail her craft and she was starting to get, you know, she got passed at the comic strip. She was starting to get, you know, some attention. And that was like right, if, if I have my timeline correct, it was kind of concurrent with the, the initial success of Def Comedy Jam. Because I remember running into her on, on the street one day and... You know, it was like, oh, man, you know, because I knew she'd gotten past the strip and all this. And it was like, oh, you, you know, things must be jumping off for you right now. She said, well, yeah, no. Um, yep. A lot of clubs are reaching out to me now. Or, you know, she didn't say reaching out. But, you know, a lot of clubs are saying, yeah, we'll put you down. But we'll put you on our black comedy night. And their black comedy night. And this, this is the thing. If people don't know, wild. this is the thing. It was always like Friday and Saturday night. It was midnight. Midnight, 1 a.m. in the goddamn morning. And it was all a lineup of mostly black males. Uh, yep. Very rarely a female. Never. And it was all the the type of comedy it that just people would the room. Ex- uh, associate with Deaf Comedy Jam, which is not what she did. And she was always, she was like, yeah, uh, this club I wanted to get into would invite me, but I'd have to be on that show. And I come out there, and people are like, "What are you doing here?" Yeah, you know. Then you just yeah, you should be at church. Yeah, you know? <laughs> right. that's the that's the, I was I would see some of those shows, and I would see some of those, shows, and you know, nobody wants to feel like they're in the wrong place when they're in the place they're supposed to be in. If you you can't just put people anywhere. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. you, especially when it comes to this thing, this is a very, this is a thing people have to trust, trust the process in. And if you don't, mm-hmm. if you if you if you miscurate the show, uh, and I don't care how good the person is, because a lot of those shows killed her. You know, we hung out for a little while. We 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 spent time together as friends, and we talked. And she would be like, she gave me some of the most real sage advice ever. She said, Dave, mm-hmm. if you do a fucking you do, if you do a terrible show and you got and you get paid three hundred dollars and you got to spend six hundred dollars to feel better about it, <laughs> then you're losing. She told me that. 
Yeah, yeah, that, that. that totally makes sense. I, I never forgot that. that because it's true. A lot of these shows you do and you mad at yourself up there doing it. You almost don't want to be funny. You almost want to tell them what you think of everything. Right, But right. you need work. And as you long gotta, as the check is cleared by that point. You got to play know. the game a little bit. But also you home and you're going, I can't believe I had to do that. That mm. happened to me just recently. Last, last Monday I was at a show. Started late. Deep, deep Flatbush, Brooklyn. Way out. Mm. Started late. I got there from an earlier show that I rushed I rushed to do to get to that show because that show was paying $150 that I needed and yeah, I couldn't yeah, turn yeah. down. But the other show was the industry show that if I'd have stuck around after the show, I could have, you know, rubbed elbows with certain people who maybe could help me. Mm-hmm. But I had, but but that show paid $30, $40. <laughs> right. And yeah. I had to make a decision. I have family. I have so, you know, I'm in a position right now where I have to be very selective about what I pick. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that night, I chose poorly. And I was right. mad about it. Then I get to the, sh- the second, in the first show, because I was in my head about all this stuff, I wasn't pro- properly prepared. I was very tight. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. I didn't have the best, and I had my new glasses on, which <laughs> I had, I weren't, I, I never performed in glasses before. Oh, that's performing this high stakes show that I'm, already, I'm a nervous <laughs> wreck about already. I'm, on, I, I'm not connecting with the audience the way I normally do because I can't see, I really can't see if they can see me. Whatever. The point I'm making, I get to the second show. I'm already pissed about the first show. I didn't really, right. I didn't really knock them around the way I wanted to. I did decent, but decent doesn't get it. Decent is a bomb for me. Right, right. Especially when, when you get to your level, you know what I yeah, mean? Like, you can't just do decent. Yeah. I got to go out there and, and make them pay. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And especially for people that that I've been trying to get on this show for fucking six years, right? So I was in my feelings about that. I, I'm on my way, I'm Ubering out to the second show, mm-hmm. and I, and and when I don't hear from the promoter or the producer or the or the or the, or the booker for the show, I get nervous. Yeah, that means something ain't right up with the show. I sh- I'm supposed to be there already. Right. I'm running late, and you ain't checking in. Mm-hmm. Something ain't right. I get there, the show's just getting started. He's like, hey, don't worry, you're up in one and a half. The show is oddly laid out, poor lighting. Mm. It's in a vacuous room. TV's in the background. It's just the it's the it's the perfect storm of shit that comics don't want to do. Right, right. All right, I go into the green room. I have me. A, I have a beer, just to settle my nerve. Not mm-hmm. so much about this show. As it is about the show I just I just did, right? And how your, I feel about it. Still there. I'm still there, and I got to figure it out because these people just chewed up comedian at the spot I'm at now. Now earlier, you could probably bomb, which I didn't bomb, but you could probably do what not good, and people give you some some smattering of chuckles. This room right. is not that room. <laughs> right. This right, is right. second shift working Caribbean American people who work very hard for their stuff. Different right. co- different countries of Caribbeans. So. You got to figure out the way to unify the room, and you got to find a way to tell your story without pandering too much. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then to make matters worse, I'm in the green room area, and a, the comic that just not did well insists on talking to me. <laughs> I don't know what it is about bombing. <laughs> we become very chatty and very needy. No, go, go away. Don't, I don't yeah. know what you got on you, but yeah. I don't want to get it I don't on want me. it. <laughs> Comedians, no, you don't want the cinders. 
You know, or at least wait until I'm done with my set. Yeah, I'm in my zone. I'm trying to. And get then, my if zone. you want to buy me a drink, you can do that. And you need to, and you need to buy my time. Exactly. Right. You need to do so many things differently than you're doing now. <laughs> but this guy just leans into it. Was this a young comic? He was a young comic that started a long time ago. Stop, start, 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 start. And he wasn't a young. He was our age. Oh, okay, all right. Which made me infuriated. Like, because you know, I know you, this you motherfucker. You need to know better by that point. At this point, motherfucker, you know better. Yeah. But the neediness superseded his, re- his whatever. So then he's talking, and then all of a sudden, um, the the comedian who's running the show, who's who's, who's hosting, comes over and goes, "Hey, you're next. Give him twenty. Uh, I'll, let me know if you need a light or if you're cool. If you if you're not doing that well, I'm gonna light you." I'm like, "Damn, man. I'm closing it up." By the way, the second the feature is doing a lot of yelling and sex jokes. Mm-hmm. I mean, very. Visceral talking with the audience, you know, playing with the audience, right. not doing a whole lot of material. And getting laughed? Hearing up and down, up and down. It right, would get right. the outrageous. When he didn't get a laugh with his jokes, he would go into a place with, with the performing and right, he, right. Would, he would elicit a response. Um, the comedian says, Here, you're next. Blah, 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 blah. Okay. Then, the, he, then a woman that works there, I guess, came over, uh, sister. Uh, she fit a certain uh, she fit a certain uh, profile, and she was like, "Are these the comedians? Oh, he just bombed. Ugh, I don't want to talk to him. And what about him with this funny hat? What are he gonna do? What are he gonna do? He gonna bomb too, huh?" She starts shitting on me. Oh, jeez! As I'm about to go on stage, I said, "Ma'am, can I help you with something?" <laughs> Yo, I've gotten so tactile in my. I've gotten so. Uh, I would say, uh, I've gotten so mannerly in my old age. Mm-hmm. I don't. Attack right away. I right. like to know what this is before yeah. something. Before I say something, I said, "Ma'am, can I help you with something?" I said, "You can help me with some jokes. You better be funny. You don't look funny." Bop 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 bop. Oh, and she geez. just going on and on and yeah. on. And I said, "What are you? What are you?" She said, "I'm the man. I'm one of the managers here." I said, "Well, go manage something." <laughs> right. And uh, she did. That just she just wouldn't. She was. I could tell this wasn't about comedy. This mm. was about a woman being drawn to a, a man's energy and she doesn't know how to open up. She doesn't know how to open. She doesn't mm-hmm. know how to talk to people. Right, right. The way a lot of comics don't know how to begin their sets or the way a lot of men don't know how to hit on women or even to talk, even engage women in conversation. She does not know how to engage. Her first move is to hit. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, you like me. Stop pulling my pigtails and tell me I'm pretty. <laughs> Often, I said this to her. I said, you want to carry my books? Carry my books, but stop pulling my pigtails. I'm about to go to work. Well, right, you must right. be scared. Especially you're about to go to work. Right. She said, you you must be scared. You over there drinking. You drinking. You got liquid courage. I said, I just got off. A, this is actually my, I'm working a double tonight, if you really want to know. I just got off a shift. It was long. I'm here to clean house. Now, if you don't mind, if I'm not funny, you can come back here and say, whatever, you and your eyelashes can come back here and say whatever <laughs> you want to say to me. But right now, I'm going to need you to leave me alone for 30 seconds. And she did not. She kept going. She kept oh, going. Geez. And I just walked away. And at that point, yeah, I realized you gotta, you gotta. this person does not does not reason well. Yeah. So I'm in the, the I'm Wait, in the hold on. No, what you need to do is get, get her together with the comic that wouldn't leave you alone before. I wish. Bombs, she doesn't want like, anything to do with it. Why don't y'all talk for a bit? No, she doesn't want a soft dick. You know, why would you, why, and I don't blame her. Nobody wants to see the Titanic. No, no one wants to have sex on the Titanic underneath the sea. So <laughs> that's that. 
So I go in the, I go in the wings. Um, the guy mm. brings me up. I do my business. I take mm. care of business. And of course, I got a little chip on my shoulder from earlier. Right. So I'm laying into this crowd. I'm doing a combination of crowd work and I'm doing a little bit of jokes. And then I've worked them into a lather where they're comfortable and they're all on me. And then I start my set. I take care of business. Mm -hmm. I do 23 minutes. I'm out of there. Great applause. Great response. Bop, 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 bop. Who the first person waiting for me when I get in the green room? Oh, lash, oh, lamb chop over here, right? <laughs> oh, you was funny or whatever. You should come back here. What's your Instagram? I said, you don't work here, do you? <laughs> Just say you don't work here. She did work there, but she oh. didn't do shit the whole time. I never saw her do anything. I can't prove You may you work here, but you ain't working. You ain't working. <laughs> and I'm going to tell. I said that too. I said, you next time I'm coming, you better be fucking working or I'm going to tell. Unless you're related to the owner, in which case, you know, <laughs> keep doing what you're doing. Ah. And uh, so people... <sighs> You just have to be in control on and off stage the whole mm -hmm. time. And, you know, and there are some days when I'm not. There are some days when I'm not as not as sharp. And, you know, you you still gotta find you still have to find a way to win on those days. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, yeah. And like Really, I know you you played enough sports. You 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 appreciate you know if you're even if you're good at what you do, you know you don't have it every day. So you need to learn what to do on those days when you don't have your best stuff. How about I think about I think about starting pitching. Mm -hmm, like uh, mm -hmm. you go six the two thirds innings and you you had two uh, you had two runs and you didn't have your best stuff, but you might get a win. You, if your team closes out right, you'll get a win. Right. And, you know, you'll pick up about five of those in the season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's but, just how it is. Well, That's just numbers. So, so I, I want to walk back for a minute now. Uh, so so you're at that point where uh, the clubs in Manhattan and, and, and such are, are not giving what you want. So you're doing starting to produce your own shows in Brooklyn, right? Well, you talking about back then, but we we, we yeah, went back. back then. To, okay, yeah, back then I didn't see the the body language was what I read was you're good enough for bringers or like you said the one a.m. nasty uh, mm -hmm. black people show. Mm -hmm. uh, in which case, I'm not a late night person. I know I know a lot of people don't know this about me, but I probably the worst comedian, worst stand up comedian in the world. I hate being up late. And I hate being out late even more. Mm -hmm. because people digress as they get later. The people that are out the latest are looking for something that they're not, that they're, that that's, that's not healthy, that they're not going to find outside, but are willing to fill themselves with anything they get their hands on. I don't want to be around those people. Those yeah. are the people I want to speak to. I'm trying to think, uh, sports writer Mike Lupica used to have a saying something to the effect of nothing good ever happened after 2 a.m. or something like that. Never, never. Nobody <laughs> fell in love after 2 a.m. They fell in love at 11.30. And they may have woke up next to each other at two thirty a.m., but they were already in progress. <laughs> Nobody, yeah, I agree with that. I agree with that. I, you know, but so so you created an option for yourself. I did. I created a space not only for myself, for other people like myself who you know, and not just black comics either. Yeah. Who uh, I, I created a space for people who can come and talk to folks about things they're concerned with, and. Uh, just be judged on what they have, on what they have to, say, or how they say it. Really, how they say it, not what they say. You know, I've had some comics say some racy shit, no pun intended, on stage, <laughs> and I've had comics, you know, uh, find themselves. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. on our shows, and I found myself. Um, I found myself 
hosting all these shows because you have to be able to bring something new. Uh, when you're hosting regularly, you got to bring something, bring something new, bring something new, and, and a new wrinkle. Or, and uh, you start, you know, you're quarterbacking, you're facilitating, you're passing the ball. But well, I have after to tell a while, you, I, I I was fortunate enough to have done a, a few of your shows back in Brooklyn, uh, back in the day, and I was always impressed. You know, I, you brought real good people there, and. I never saw uh, anything other than good sized audiences. People came out; they yeah. knew they were going to see a good product. Now, here's what what I was, what really caught my attention was that some some nights the audience was loving everybody who went out there. Yeah. Some nights they had that "I dare you to make me laugh" kind of attitude. Yep, yep, yep. I but agree. But I. I Seriously, some of the best emceeing I've ever seen in my life was you at those shows. <laughs> Good nights or bad nights, like they they were they were your people, and you were you were you were running the show. You were the king, and I just really appreciated. You know, I think there was you know you'd been doing our shows for a while before I saw you do that, and of course, you know, our show has always been a, a you know encouraging folks Space. to work out and play yes, with absolutely. stuff. So it was fun to see me doing your real thing. And I remember, you know what? I, I remember this. It's always stayed with me. There was one night where people were not laughing at any of the comics, any of the guests. And there were some good people there. I understood why they weren't laughing at me. But there were some good people Please. there. And <laughs> in between every act, you were doing like a good little chunk and all crowd work, right? Um and you got everybody laughing at everything you were saying and you were working it and you would bring it back. And it was kind of fascinating to see the crowd back in a good mood and then somebody comes out again. Oh, here we go again. And, but I, I, that was one of the, but you. But then you I were, failed. I failed. I, I would always look at those shows. What I was going to say, I remember you saying that to me afterwards. I remember congratulating you. I said, that's one of the most amazing things I've ever seen. It's, it's and you're like. Man, I didn't do any material tonight. That was that. That's a uh, fail. Uh, yeah, exactly. I, I let them run but, the place. Well, what? Well, I don't think you did though. See that that from my perspective, you were doing exactly what a good host has to do. Good people, I would imagine people had to leave there saying they had a good time because they sure laughed their ass off. They just only laughed when you were on stage. That ain't, that ain't a good show. That's not a good show. But that's show. not on you, though. You you at least brought the and laugh. Initially, is here's how it goes. If that if I see that happening now, well, the first thing I do is teach them how to how to treat us. Mm. The first thing I do is like, listen, I know the world we're in now, and I gotta tell you, these comics I brought, hilarious comedians. High thinking, high functioning, dope comics, been all over the world. I can mm -hmm. tell you a bunch of things about them, but it really comes down to how you feeling. It really comes down to how you enjoy your meal. <laughs> and I gotta say, you're not gonna agree with all the comics up here. You're not gonna agree with all of us. You don't even agree with me all the time. <laughs> I know you don't because some of you are on social media with me. But to that, I say, you don't have to. You can agree with. You can not agree with somebody and have a fantastic time with them. You can. Yeah. A lot of you are still fucking your exes who you're not in relationships with and you still have a fantastic time. So why should we be any different? At least we don't mess up your sheets and your credit. 
And they start laughing. And I go, yeah, right. you, you, you might, the guy talking about his woman, you might not like, you might not agree with him, but take the ride with him anyway. And if, and if all else fails, have a fucking sip of drink and wait for the next one. Another one's coming. Mm-hmm. So now I do that because people really do come to shows to disagree. Mm-hmm. They come for two reasons. I've really, really figured people out. They come to see if they're as crazy as a comedian or how, <laughs> as, as crazy as they think we are. And most of the time, they're worse than we are. Mm. So when we bring up things that make people uncomfortable, I tell them, take that out with your therapist on your time. If we helped you, and I've said this in a joke form, but I'm telling you, and I'm, you know, I said, if we helped you uncover something, or we said, if someone says something, someone you don't even know, someone who would even talk to you directly, says something to, out in the air that affects you to a point when you feel you need to say something out loud, then you owe that person $125. That's a therapy session. <laughs> now, people get paid to do that, right. and you owe them. No, we don't want the money. We want the silence. We want the, we, or we, want the, we want the opportunity for you to see where it's going. Invest in that. And that's how I teach, that's how I teach the new audiences, the post-pandemic world, the post-politically uh, correct world, the post-woke world. Fuck all these people. These people are exhausting. I, I feel sorry for your pillow. You know, I feel uh, sorry for your pillow and the person you're assigned to. Because, or your dog or your cat or whoever. Because you're exhausting. Like, you making everybody else responsible for your stuff. Do the work. Nothing, nothing could ever, no comedian could ever offend me. You just couldn't. You don't know me. Even if you say something that mar- that, that touches something that I might not fuck with, uh, you didn't know I was going to be here, so you were going to say that anyway. And that just you know legitimizes my existence. Oh, I, well, here I, I'm also going through similar things. Like I also have a uh, uh, child support and whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. So you know I don't get offended. Or when women say men are this and men are that and men are this, I'm just like, oh, I feel sorry for you. I do, because if you're exhausted, if you if you claim a whole group of people are this, that, or a third, we're supposed to be here to relax and enjoy ourselves, not get tired. Right, right. Now you bringing your heavy shit in here. I didn't even know you're gonna be here, motherfucker. Like, are you kidding me? So, so I again, I'm walking you back. Um, you're now at the point where you're, and you really were like the king of producing. Great shows in in, in Brooklyn, and I wasted and a lot of time doing that. I could have been using that energy for myself. <laughs> well, this, this is why I bring it up because I remember having some conversation with you. I don't know, a year or two ago, something, and and you're like, said, I think I'm done with producing shows. I'm tired. I'm tired. So what what I wanted to ask you is 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 that was your next move? Is you know, and and it was something you did extremely well. You did it at a very high level. Thank you. Thank you. And um. And then along comes the 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 special, the hour. Um, are you are you working towards something specific, or are you just figuring it out as you go along? With the hour? Well, I mean, with all of At it. At that time or now? Uh, from then to now. Well, um, the goal is to have three hours of work to show for whatever I've been doing the last twenty something years. And I'd like to have, I'd like to be able to make my living with this. And I'd like to be able to leave something for the kids behind that that they can live off of. Mm-hmm. Will that be all stand up based? Probably not. 
it, it, it has become very clear that that's not the case for me right now. However, I have began to diversify my portfolio. I took a TV writing class uh, mm-hmm. with Jordan Carlos, and uh, oh yeah, he's great, fantastic dude. He actually uh, he actually made it very easy for me to do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, he's a brilliant man, and he has a deep understanding of not only his craft, uh, but also how to convey it to different people, and that is the mark of a master. Mm-hmm. Um. So that was a fun class to take. And, when did you uh, take that? Uh, just this past winter. Okay, okay. So this is fresh. Yeah, 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 yeah. Working on a pilot. Uh, want to sell something to TV. Want to write for TV. Would like to write for TV and tell jokes. Um, would also like to get on late night, which is why I'm working on a clean 30-minute set so that I can have... Everybody's working on a 30-minute version of sets, you know, mm-hmm. all, all my work. You know, not necessarily a new... I got a couple of things I'm filling in, but for the most part, I have stuff that I can obviously, obviously absolutely throw in um, to be done on TV. And I'm working on getting some uh, some regular work on cruise ships, not unlike Leanne Lord or this person or that person <laughs> who do they do very well on there. And I would mm-hmm. like also to tap into that market and make some money when I'm not making money. <laughs> Hear yeah. So really, yeah. Um, Long term, sell some, sell some, sell some scripts, write some TV. Short term, boat rides, and in between, late night set, so I can get some national notoriety and keep the thing going. Yeah, yeah. So, so you're pretty much out of the game of producing Brooklyn shows. Not necessarily. I pro- I produce here and there pop ups. You know, I produce a monthly called Black Friday. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's with myself, Simeon Goodson, and a young up and coming comic named Jason uh, Jason Arturo Shroud, who doubles as our DJ. Oh, and nice. uh, yeah. we do our thing, and we sit up there like three old uncles, and we talk shit <laughs> for about twenty minutes, and then we bring some of the comments we like. The good thing about that is when I need a set or when I need something recorded, I can go, oh, well, I'm not getting what I want. Let me just do the th- like this. And this month, I'm doing thirty minutes on my show, mm-hmm. and I'll just. Do the time, record it, and have it to use for marketing. It, it, it's funny because, uh, you know, uh, seeing your shows over the years, it, it's so funny because there there's such a thin line, at least in this city, of, of people who put together shows because they can't get work elsewhere. They're like, well, if I produce my own show, I have to be able to on, be on, one. on the lineup. And people like you who... Do it as, as a place that's a wonderful curation of folks I like whose a good voices show. need to be heard, right. and yet you can contribute to that as well. Or right. you, you you set the tone. You right. you know open the house. Yeah, I really don't. We on, on Black Friday. I don't do comedy. I don't mm-hmm. do stand up. We just sit there. And we just talk. It's funny stuff because you know Simeon and I work really well off each other. And then we both shit on Jason because he's the new guy. <laughs> and then we talk shit to the audience, and it's really fun. And then comments get up there, and they get to do that thing. They're already they've got a really warm house. Um, it's really a well laid out um, space to do comedy in, and we have a lot of fun. A lot do of fun. You, do you, Do you plan to record another uh, solo show like that? I do. I do. I'm gonna record something in October. In October. Want to okay. do some Father's Day? Won't be ready, but October I want to do something that addresses the. Uh, that addresses the generation gaps. Uh, I think there's a lot of intergenerational uh, back and forth. I think there's a lot of everything back and forth, but I think I want to start there 
and work on uh, identifying why we are the, why we are in the messes we're in. Why you know people feel the way they feel. This group, that group, this age, that age, and see. Let's follow the money and see what happened. <laughs> I like that as a as a path to take for that. Yeah. Well, listen, I, you know, I, I'm I've, I've really been enjoying. You know, this is actually a little cheat show for me. This is a chance to catch up with a friend I haven't been able How to catch that? up with in a long <laughs> He's while. Doubling up, you know. Buy me a beer. And <laughs> yeah, I was hoping you flammable... some more embarrassing shit. But ah, oh, well, what the I'm hell? I'm fresh out. I mean, but... I, I mean, after a while, I, I mean, I got new stuff coming out all the time, but it's not ready yet. <laughs> well, here uh, be, before we uh, send you out into the good night, um, where? Can people follow you? What What do you got coming up to pl- plug? And where can they follow you? Well, you are a great host. <laughs> well, you know, you gave me five bucks. I bought you the beers and the rest is is, is gravy. Gravy. Mm, gravy. Gravy. Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 no. Eric oh. and I have an ongoing joke about old Bucks Bunny and Looney Tunes cartoons. <laughs> so that's what you hear. You Duck hear, season. Robin season. Duck season. Robin season. Rabbit season. Rabbit season, fire yeah. or whatever. Yeah, go. there we go. Yeah, <laughs> we we got to bone up. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. But so th- what we what we need to do is we need to do uh, a, a combined show, an hour just you and me doing old Bugs Bunny bits and occasional Sam and Dave songs. That sounds a lot of fun. That sounds like the uh, that sounds like the uh, the Blues Brothers <laughs> on on stand up. Um, <laughs> yeah, that sounds like some fun stuff. I need a chair though. I will need a chair. <laughs> Not standing up. So all right, so time. you won't be doing the the, the somersaults that Belushi used to do. All right. Unfortunately not. Neither will I. It's gonna be a different kind of blues brothers. But anyway, so where where can people follow you? Um follow me to the shows. I need people to come out on the twenty sixth and watch me do this what I call vintage set, which the is twenty sixth. The twenty sixth of this month. Uh Friday, uh May twenty sixth over at the gutter. Uh tickets are available right now on Eventbrite. Of it's uh what's it called? It's called Black Friday B L K F R I Black Friday, just like it's, just like I spelled it out for you, and also on Instagram, Instagram and Facebook as well. Um, and I'm on there too, uh, Mister More Than Funny on Instagram and Dave Lester on Facebook. I will love the company. Oh man, nice. And 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 I'm uh, actually, you know what? <laughs> I realized I wanted to plug a show that they won't be able to see. Actually. What's that? Uh, well, yeah, because this is going to come you out got on June first. So <laughs> we just plugged something that. Well, we hope y'all came out on the twenty sixth. Uh, <laughs> I'm really upset. I didn't see enough of you, and quite frankly, I'm disgusted. No, I. Uh, it's okay. So this comes out. You're doing. You're debuting this one on June first. When is the show that you and I are working on? Uh, that's that's the day after after your show, the twenty seventh. That's where where I realized it. Like I was about to say. And by the way, I want to add my own plug for. Well, what's the one after show that, that yeah. will have already happened by the time. Eh. Well, the show. So you'll hear. So by the time you hear, follow this, him on Instagram, yeah. Facebook, and the socials. Yeah. You'll find out what's coming up next. Hope yeah. to see you at the shows that you you can make it to. That you're getting word about. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> Dave. Thanks for hanging with us. Oh, Good brother, talking thank with you, you, man. Always, bro. Appreciate you. I love this man. I love talking with him. Dave Lester, support whatever you can of his, man. He always delivers goods. And he's a good person. It's a win-win. 
thanks to all of you for spending time with us. I want to thank the amazing staff that we have here. First and foremost, our producer, the one and only Gary Understudy Hardcastle, the producer, the Grand Poobah, the head audio engineer. Also, some additional audio and editing by Miles Mixpeel Blue Spoots. And of course, as always, opening and closing music provided by and performed by and written by King of the Hill, Courtney Hill. Probably getting married as we speak. <laughs> He's an early June wedding. We wish him and Ashley good luck. All right, so as always, we like to leave you with a little music. Today, we're going to be leaving you with a song called Dance by the Riverside by another friend of ours, guitarist and singer-songwriter Jordan Okrand, who just got married in France recently. Tip of our hat to Jordan. Please look his music up. Anywhere that good music is being sold, you can find his stuff. Support him. Jordan Okrand, O-K-R-E-N-D. Enjoy Dance by the Riverside. Until next time, my name is Eric Vedder. I love you all.
just want 